Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Happy Monday, Dr. Paul. How are we doing? Doing well, thank good. you. Good. And, uh, still a few problems to deal with. Uh, COVID is still around. Yeah. They have to search for it, but it's, yeah. it's still around. But there's a lot of disagreement on it. Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Some states think it's better. Some states think it's getting worse. And some people don't care. To some people, they just literally w will defy all this uh, this uh, uh, scare tactics about don't don't get near anybody. What do I do with my kids? I might infect my kids. You know, all these things go on and on. But uh, still, I think there are more people today that are asking good questions and questioning the government than there has been in the whole last year and a half. And that's what is necessary. That's what's going to make the difference. But the, um, the one the sign that there's, there's a problem and people understanding what's going on and which direction we're going in on is that people have put a lot of trust in the CDC. I mean, yeah. they're, they're the government. And they're going to tell us what to do. But there's a lot of people who said that's exactly why we don't believe them because they are the government. And... Uh, you know, the CDC uh, set up a committee to study this. They want the, the real science. Uh, they had an advisory board, and they went and, uh, and studied this. And uh, they came back with a report, and it was pretty ornery, you know, what they were saying. That there would be a lot, a lot more rules and regulations, but it did not satisfy Walensky. So her own committee was overruled. She's, it is almost like a power struggle. What she did made no sense, but uh, it didn't seem like even if she was on the right track, it wasn't enough to have this big fight. So they, they ended up uh, taking it, and she uh, sort of rewrote it, but she made it worse. And, uh, and that was supposed to be the, the answer to it. So uh, the, the, the government can't even agree with it. Then you have the FDA trying to agree with this. And you'll have people, I think even under this episode, some of the FDA directors actually, actually quit because it was getting so silly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating thing. You know, first of all, uh, you know, it's always trust the science. We're following only the science. Well, we know that's bunk. We know that Walensky and the CDC are extremely political organizations. So when she got her panel together, remember the FDA already had a panel last week and they recommended no boosters uh, for people except for those over 65 and those that have uh, critical problems with their immune systems. So the CDC put its own panel of experts together and these, are, these aren't bureaucrats, these are doctors, these are professionals, these are professors of medicine. So the CDC's own board met and they decided to follow the FDA essentially and say we don't need to go ahead and tell people to take booster shots. <clears throat> well, Walensky didn't like that at all, and I'm sure her puppet masters in Big Pharma didn't like it either. And so she said, no, nah, I'm not going to listen to that science. That's not the right kind of science. I'm going to recommend instead that people have them who are in high-risk jobs, which could be anything from a waiter to a sanitation person, who knows what. Um, and this prompted, and here's our first clip, if we can put it up. This prompted Glenn Greenwald, who's really starting to pay a lot of attention to what's going on with this. This prompted Greenwald to tweet this out. Unbelievable. After 18 months of demanding that everyone follow the science and scorning any questioning, Biden's CDC director ignores, overrules, the overwhelming recommendation of her scientists about the Pfizer booster to align with what Biden wanted. So Biden already announced before the panels even met that we want to have boosters. Everyone get your booster, line up, let's do it. 
And then the panels met and said, no, nah, that's probably not a good idea. We don't need it. And so Walensky overruled all that and said, no, let's just do what Biden wants. Let's go get it, your boosters. It's almost like they believe that you can't find out what science says. It's impossible. So, but they tinker around it. And what she was doing there, I consider this micromanaging. You know, they tinker regulation here, tinker a regulation there, and think that they're going to solve it. And instead of, you know, looking at the big pictures, who's responsible for this? Should it be a bureaucrat in, in government uh, to make all these decisions? And uh, also, uh, I think there's, and we've talked about this a lot, so it's, it's a power struggle, political power. And uh, I think she, it looks to me like she, she wants to show that she's the boss. And I can change this, you know. Sure, I can appoint them, and they can do it. But uh, if it's not right, I'm the, I'm the boss, and I'm the smartest person here, and I will just change it. And um, but it adds it adds to the confusion. Sometimes they do it on purpose. They like confusion, but it also means that people are going to lose lose uh, confidence in in their own government uh, they, they would say this is uh, they're losing credibility and I think that's uh, where we are you know I mentioned in my opening that there were two FDA uh, doctors that that quit and uh, I, I want to just read one sentence that described a little bit of their frustration uh, those two officials Marion Gruber and Phil Krauss later wrote an article in a medical journal asserting that there's no evidence the general population should get boosters. Mm. And, the, and you indicated that these probably were real doctors. You yeah. know? And the FDA separately signaled boosters may not be needed. So there, there it is, the FDA and the CDC. Uh, you know, and, and when, I, when I think about being in medicine, there were a lot of people who disagreed, but we considered this a very positive thing, yeah. especially when we're learning as residents. We're, we're looking for he says this and he says this and we make our minds up and uh, and later on there say you know every patient is not going to be alike so you have to look at look at it and, and treat it and make your own decision but here here is a bureaucrat that's making a decision and unfortunately the more I read about the pharmaceuticals they have made some big bucks yeah, I oh tell yeah. you big bucks and uh, and then the 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 proof and the science here I don't even it's not a, even a serious science debate uh, it certainly isn't a serious uh, political debate on who has the authority uh, to uh, make people safe from infections so that's that's where they are but uh, they're, they're still doing it and uh, hopefully more people will wake up and recognize that uh, they don't even know what they're doing and yeah. information changes every day you know it's sad because the left used to be with us on this whole crony capitalism thing and that's clearly what's happening here crony capitalism We've lost the left for political reasons. There are some good uh, progressives like Glenn Greenwald who we just put up. The reality is the Walenskys and the Fauci's of the world are in a corner. They've painted themselves into a terrible corner from their perspective because on the one hand, it is undeniable now that we're seeing a massive amount of quote breakthrough cases. It's not one or two and we'll talk about some of that later in the show. There are a, a high percentage of people who are catching it and who are in the hospital who have been double vaccinated. So the mantra has always been safe and effective. We know from the VARES database that the safety is in question, especially if you compare it to how many died before they pulled the swine flu vaccine, which you've talked about a lot. So that is in question. And now the effective is in question because people are going to the hospital in a high percentage who have been vaccinated. So they're in a bind. So what is it? 
Well, if you need a booster, that just tells you that it's not very effective. I mean, <laughs> any normal person would say, well, gosh, it doesn't sound very effective if I got to go back and it's only been a couple of months. And then the people will start thinking, hopefully, uh, they'll start thinking, well, if it didn't work the first two times I had the same <laughs> shot, how are we going back for the same medicine the third time? How's that going to make a difference? And then they might ask, well, where's the science? Maybe they're open to it. Maybe it will. We don't know. But where are the studies showing that the third one uh, is any of the same product is any different than the first two? So I think that's why they're in a bind. They can't, they can't explain it because logically and rationally, it doesn't make sense. And some of them brag that they could take those tests and make the tests say anything they want, <clears throat> yeah, you yeah. know, and to make their point. But, uh, you know, it, uh, we wanted to make a point about it's, it's not all the same. Not everybody's doing it like the CDC and the FDC. Uh, but around the world, uh, every country has their own thing that they're doing. Basically, though, uh, I'm amazed at the uniformity of the um, fear-mongering that goes on, but what they do and how they uh, invade uh, civil liberties and abuse the, the people and what kind of results they have, that's, uh, that's pretty real. But uh, for, for a year and a half now, we've had surprises. We've had surprises. There will be an announcement by a mayor or, or, county, or, or, or a county judge who might have the authority, the governors of the different states. And then you have people from the CDC and the federal government, the military, and, and they pop up. And then you think, uh, and the people who are very, very serious, about, well, I want to understand this because they're trying to help me, aren't they? And uh, they, they, they do that, and uh, all of a sudden they, do, they re realize that the results aren't what they say. But uh, they will suddenly have an announcement, and sometimes it's a court announcement. It'll, they'll be anticipating, tonight there's going to be such and such happen, but then there's a court ruling and, and they cancel it. Well, you know, uh, dealing with problems and understanding civil liberties and understanding the rule of law isn't that complex. Only a bureaucratic uh, system out of control can create what we have. But I want to mention the first thing on uh, we <coughs> a country that did come up with uh, a rather sudden announcement. And, uh, but this one happened to be a, a, a good one. Yeah. And this is a rowdy, rowdy celebrations. Well, they were so happy, I guess. Celebrations erupt in Norway as COVID restrictions end. Yeah. So, and it it, uh, it wasn't announced that on some of these announcements. You know, in 17 days we're going to announce yeah. everything's going to be okay. This one just came up. He made the announcement and removed uh, uh, removed a lot of the regulations, and they were rowdy. But um, I I, uh, I believe it's probably there was a little bit of excitement because they were going to have a good time. Yeah, well, it's, it's, there are a few things interesting about this, and we can actually just put it up so people can see the headline. This is from the AP, uh, and then you're right. It was a surprise announcement on Friday. They basically, the prime minister just said, okay, it's done, it's over, we're, we're over with this, we're done with this. But it's funny how the AP frames it. They don't frame it as, oh, Norway got over COVID, or this is great, people have their freedom back. It's, oh, these rowdy celebrations, how terrible <laughs> people have been locked up for a year, how terrible that they're out going to bars and having fun again. And they, they literally, as you always say, they hate the idea of people having fun. But what's interesting about this too, is this is Norway. They finally decided this is not gonna work. Uh, nothing's happening and they opened it up. Well, their neighbor, Sweden, uh, in the neighborhood, never had any of the lockdowns and Norway did not do any better than Sweden by any of the metrics, uh, certainly not by a, a, a wild margin 
at all. So the question is, why can Norway open up? Sweden has always been open. And we have um, uh, this next clip we can look at. What contrasts what Sweden and Norway are doing with, we can put up this next one. This is from Paul Joseph Watson a couple of days ago. Italy orders companies not to pay unvaccinated workers. If you show up to your job and you don't have your digital passport, not only do you not get a paycheck, you get a fine. And, and we have actually an article now from the American Conservative about the Netherlands, and they're also going in an absolutely different direction. <laughs> right, and uh, the Netherlands uh, it came up there a little bit uh, more severe. Yeah. Uh, and the first sentence in this article, well, the title is COVID vaccine pass slippery slope. So this, watch out, what's this gonna do? Beginning tomorrow, September 25th, everyone in the Netherlands above the age of 13 will need a digital COVID certificate. I think that's sort of like an internal passport, yeah. something like that. So everybody's going to do it. So there, one people is lightening up and returning a little bit of their freedom and decision making to the individuals. Uh, and, uh, and somebody else is saying, no, much worse. And, uh, and I, uh, you, you know, it's hard to totally comprehend the mentality that causes all this, uh, uh, how, how somebody can come to one conclusion versus the other. Of course, I think people are, are unified if they understand the principle of personal liberty and personal uh, responsibility, because you will expect differences. Yeah. It's sort of like, uh, what should we have you read next week? Well, read what you want. People will treat themselves differently. People have habits, and habits are really important in taking care of health. They're, they'll be different. But this whole idea that a bureaucrat uh, is going to arbitrarily make a set of rules and then uh, have the various different levels of government plus the judicial system interfering on this, it, 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 it breeds chaos and, and, uh, and that's what this is going to do. What, what, what is this? Age 13 yeah. and they won't be able to go anywhere without proof of uh, somebody putting some type of poison into them. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, Netherlands should know better. They've had a history with the idea of show your papers to the police. Uh, with the occupation uh, from Germany in World War II, but you, I mean, what? How do you justify these radically different views? And they're both somehow science. They're both somehow based in anything approaching rational reality. Well, you look. Well, maybe if the Netherlands is just going nuts with deaths, maybe they got to you know keep people in control if the vaccine worked as they said. Well, let's look at this next clip. This is daily deaths in the Netherlands. Look at that, Dr. Paul. They're not falling down in the streets in the Netherlands. There's maybe one or two people dying every day. And so you see this radical, wild, wild shift in things. And I put a couple of other ones in this segment, Dr. Paul, just to demonstrate the wild shifts. And let's look at the next one. Uh, it's, this is Singapore. Singapore has officially reached a new high in cases, 527 days into their mask mandate and with 82% of their population fully vaccinated. And Ian says, pretty incredible feat of media gaslighting that no one is asking politicians and experts how they can continue justifying the mandates. So they've got it all there and it's gone sky high. Well, let's look at the next one. This is what they don't want to see. And this is Florida. Cases in Florida are down 75.3% in the last month and a half and are now below the national average with zero change in statewide policy 
or new interventions. They've done nothing at all, and the virus is disappearing at a rapid rate. And Ian says, I wonder how that could be possible, given that the interventions are the only reason cases decline. <laughs> and that just shows this wild variant that we're yeah. talking about in this section. But there is a little article out about uh, the Swedes, and this has to do with recognizing a... Um, a uh, researcher that stuck by his guns from the very beginning, but he did it. What I liked about this article, it was talking about his tone. <laughs> he was not a loud mouth. He wasn't a politician. He just stated his political, or his medical position, and gently went about. But now he is being recognized as, you know what? He was probably right all along. Yeah. And I just want to read a sentence there that describes, you know, this attitude. He says, of all the celebrities that have been created during the course of the COVID pandemic, Swedish state epidemiologist Anders Tegnell is perhaps the most surprising. And this is what I like. A softly spoken official within the Swedish health agency, he has quietly been going about his work monitoring infectious diseases for many, many years. Yeah. He just did his work and put it out there. And he's, you know, he, he probably was a very confident person in figuring, he probably understood politics. He's in government, but he probably understood, talk yeah. about, no matter how, how loud you yell and scream when you have all the demagoguing going on, but now uh, it, it means that people there are recognizing, and uh, he certainly will be recognized as somebody that uh, had a positive attitude, and it's just too bad people didn't pay more attention to him when he was saying the same thing when the, when, the, when the virus broke out. And he never locked them down. He never forced them to do they this didn't or believe that. In it. And they did better than, than the other countries. And so I think when the history is written, I think history will treat Dr. Tegnell a lot better than it's going to treat Anthony Fauci, <laughs> the loud mouth. And I bet that Dr. Tegnell is not the highest paid person in the Swedish government either. Right. You know, so that's a huge contrast. Well, I think you just had one headline you wanted to read here about Canada, which is... Yeah, this is, uh, this is a little scary. The headline should uh, wake up some people. So we're going to give the headline, uh, even though there's more to... I think there's, uh, you can assume uh, what the point is. Uh, Canada goes full Nuremberg Law, 1935. Hmm. 1935. It happens to be the year I was born, but I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> Let me tell you. The unvaccinated cannot marry or hold most jobs. Now, that, that is, uh, that's sort of authoritarian. To, you know, first, <laughs> yeah. first, they're taking 13-year-olds and putting, you know, injected passports and giving them vaccines. And here they're telling you what jobs you're going to hold. But now this getting down to the Marion thing. I think that they have tried that throughout history. And I thought it was considered rather nasty. And it's, it's a shame on which direction we're going, uh, what, the way they're going in Canada. You know, we, we still have supporters in Canada, and they write oh, to yeah. us a lot. And they're as frustrated as, uh, as we are. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's such a shame the difference between Canada today, say, one generation back, you know, 20 years, 25 years ago. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, this next segment, it, it's interesting. I mean, this is sort of, it's funny in a weird, ironic way. Because first of all, it reminds me of when you were running for office, remember, and I think it was John Stewart who had that hilarious little skit where you were always someone else. Like you came in second and they wouldn't put your name down, you know, <laughs> no matter how well you did, they wouldn't put your name down uh, on their polls on Fox News and all these shows. This next segment kind of reminds me of that. And this is from the BBC. Let's put this next one up. 
And let's just stop for a second and use our thinking caps and think about what this means. If we can put that next uh, clip up from uh, the BBC. This is from the BBC. COVID-19 in Wales. A third of positive cases are unvaccinated. So, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> yes, and when you first read it, you think, oh, those anti-vaxxers. And then you stop and you think, oh, yeah. When I was in fourth grade, I studied fractions. That means two-thirds were vaccinated. So if that's the case, if this is not some guy writing the headlines who's had a little bit too much to smoke, then that means that two-thirds of the people that are in the hospital in Wales are taking the shots. Do you think the British government has any influence with the BBC? None at all. (laughs) None at all. I think they're, uh, you know, feeding into the scenario they like best, but... Uh, that's that whole thing is a hoax even what they do on on a routine basis you know we have to uh, you know uh, the people who are are worried and they've been convinced this is very dangerous they've been vaccinated they can still wear their mask they can social distance they can do all these things but they get hysterical if one person walks in and they're not vaccinated and what, 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 what good's all that activity? You yeah. know, we've said that so many times, but that's too logical for it to sink in. Yeah, so it's, you know, what do you do? Two well, thirds. you know, <laughs> in, in New York, uh, a little bit of room, but yeah. I don't, I, I wouldn't jump up and down yet because uh, this uh, weekend there was going to be uh, the announcement that uh, 3,000 New York City teachers uh, had, to, had to get vaccinated at a certain date. With a threat, of course, of losing their jobs yeah. and all these things, and, uh, and, and yet th- th- this is a, a, a resistance built on this, uh, and uh, they they got to stay on this so they don't have to do it. But uh, that doesn't mean that uh, they've solved their problem. Not with not with the leaders they have up there, but this is good because usually it's the union teachers that. Uh, you know, wouldn't even accept it if the uh, if they're going in the wrong direction. And they want authority and they want control, and, and they are they belong to one political faction. And so you sh- should be able to predict. But the teachers, uh, the teachers were uh, complaining that they didn't want to do this. And, and I hope I hope this is uh, a good sign. Yeah, and hopefully it'll it'll stand. I don't know. Maybe it's even while we're speaking, it's been overdone, but. It's, it's thousands of teachers in New York who may, may be quitting or, or be fired. And people have said, don't quit, make them fire you. But also, and, and I was looking for the article, I have it in front of me, I'll show you about it this morning too. But nurses and nursing in places like New York, it is going to be a nightmare uh, because thousands of them, and I think I read, don't quote me, I think I read something like 80% of the nurses are not vaccinated you know, in some areas in New York. They interfere with which medicines you can take. You have to take the vaccines. You have complications with that. And you can't use, uh, make it more difficult to have ivermectin. ivermectin. And uh, all, all of a sudden, uh, you know, then the, the nurses get frustrated. It, they created the conditions. And then all of a sudden there's a, there's a shortage, you know, of, of nurses because they've been fired. Yeah. You know, the whole thing is. But you know, they uh, these these teachers now are asking for uh, they've been they've been requesting medical and religious exemptions, and you know that's a loophole that you don't want to take away. But isn't it sad that you have to beg and plead for your right of your own decisions, uh, you know, your own medical reasons, your own religious beliefs, and, and yet that is what they do. Now, I I just think it would be so much better 
that it, the demand to a court ought to be, I want to, I, I believe that uh, it's my body and I have a freedom of choice and you should let me make my decision in everything that I do, yeah. not just the things that you want yeah. uh, or want to back off or, or give you half of it or just give you a, a little loophole that you might be able to use. So this, this is, uh, this is you, you know, just an item, and uh, uh, you're you're right. <laughs> Who knows what it'll be? What it'll be like at the end of the day. Yeah. They might say, "Oh, that's too radical. We gotta. They have to go uh, get get the shot, or we they're out. They're yeah. out." And and uh, and then they say, "Oh no, now we don't have any teachers there. There's kids running all over the place, sure. and the kids are dropping out of school." And then all of a sudden, hey. We don't have enough kids in school. How are we going to get our reimbursement yeah. from the federal government for teaching and, and, you know, being, you know, the savior of these kids and taking care of our children? <laughs> uh, and God bad. forbid they may stumble across the Ron Paul curriculum and then there's yeah. no going back after that. Yeah. Now, I did mis misspeak earlier because I looked it up since we were talking. It's 16% of New York's 450,000 nurses. Uh, hospital workers are unvaccinated, but even 16% of 450,000, you're talking about a lot of people. 85% of nursing home workers, uh, which it would be around 45,000, are unvaccinated. But we're in, a, we're in a kind of an economy now where there is a nursing shortage all over the country. I would imagine these thousands, and it's no fun to have to move, but if these thousands of New York nurses are fired, they're going to go, so maybe they're going to go to Texas where they're not being forced to do these sorts of things or wherever else they're not forced to do it. So they are actually in the driver's seat. And I think that's what's driving the authoritarians crazy because at New York Governor Kathy Hochul, she said, I'm going to bring in foreign workers. And when that didn't phase anyone, she said, I'm going to call in the National Guard and, and uh, declare a state of emergency uh, because these people are going to be abandoning their positions at the hospital. Whereas what you said earlier, if you just allow people to make their choices, uh, as they see fit, then this problem would go away. It's a completely manufactured problem. Yes, see, and uh, there was an incident up in Idaho. That was uh, interesting, uh, yeah. Uh, interesting because, uh, you know, uh, the uh, governor, no, it wasn't the governor, it was... Uh, the Board of, of Northern Board of Idaho yeah, College. Right. Yeah. He made this de de decision that, uh, uh, that they had to wear a mask. And, a double mask. A double, yeah. double pass. <laughs> so they didn't wait for they didn't wait for the next meeting. They had a meeting and they fired him. Yeah, fired so, the college president. So that's that's the preciseness that you need. Yeah. So uh, because when I read, I thought, oh, it's disappointing. Idaho is a pretty good state, you know, yeah. for individual liberty. Uh, so there were still a few around, uh, but. Uh, they, they, the headline: Right wing trustees send masks yeah. fanatic. You know, they're, they're you know they're radicals are doing this, undermining the good health habits that these that the people can provide for them. Yeah, I was going to actually say that because I did a Google search when we were going to do this uh, story, and literally everything that came on it was right wing partisans fired this wonderful college president. You know, over and over, it's all political. Whereas if the shoe was on the other foot, if they fired him because he wouldn't. Put in the mask, <laughs> yeah. you know, then it will be different. Well, the last little miscellaneous thing we're looking at today is about uh, the medical ethics. Yes, and this, that hits close to home for you. Yeah, this this uh, was fascinating to me because medical ethicists criticized uh, doctors refusing to treat the unvaccinated. You know, this this re reminds me of I was in medicine. I, I left for a while, but went back to medicine, and they had a lot of this. Uh, you know, uh, you had to take a course in ethical standards, and 
And when I came back, I thought, well, that sounds pretty good. I think uh, ethics has been related to practice of medicine for a long time. But what they were teaching was the ethical standards of how you fill out government forms to apply for insurance. <laughs> and, you know, you can't overdo it. you got to be balanced. You know, this sort of thing and it had nothing to do with real ethics. That convert, you know, there, there used to be an oath that uh, they took in when they graduated from medical school, which they don't uh, universally do that anymore. Uh, but here, the, uh, the one doctor just said, "You know, I'm not going to. I'm not going to treat him. She's tired of of patients who refuse to get vaccinated, endangering themselves and everyone they come into contact with. Just the things that we just talked about already. Uh, we we just don't agree with it. So she gave them an ultimatum: get vaccinated or find another primary care physician. I would suggest just find another." primary care physician you know why why work with that that nonsense you know the uh, the whole thing but uh, it's it's um it's really a pity that this is what it what it's boiled down to is uh where they are on on ethics you know it was at, at one time the ethical standards were you didn't ask questions. You were obligated if a person was sick or injured that you would provide services for yeah. them. And and here they they turned it on its head. They're using ethics to refuse services. Yeah, Say and and then their her science is wrong too. Like like you know everybody there has the vaccines that want it and they're frightened and uh, so she's hysterical and we just quoted statistics about the unvaccinated versus the vaccinated. So, well, that, that to me is just a reflection of our current culture. It's infiltrated, uh, you know, the medical profession. And uh, I don't think uh, that doctor has much of an understanding of medical ethics. And she's not alone. I've heard of this over and over again. I think of how sick this is. Imagine if a fat guy comes in, he's just eating cheeseburgers all the time, right? He's fat. And the doctor says, hey, no high blood pressure pills until you give up those cheeseburgers. It's so unethical. Or if it's an alcoholic, hey, you drink too much. I'm not going to treat you. Too bad. Take a hike. It's crazy. That, that is. That's the and, way and that works. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No. I'm just going to say, and, and, and also, as you read that, the gears were turning in my mind. Her complaint is that the non-vaxxed people are threatening the vaxxed people by not yeah. being vaxxed. So think about that for a second. Isn't that the whole reason to get vaxxed so you're not threatened? <laughs> so, but, and this makes me think that the whole thing is just a bunch of gaslighting. Because, and I have a few clips just to close out. Um, but the first one, I was going to show it earlier, but the first one is, this is the CNN doctor. She is hysterical. She's the one who said, if you don't get a vaccine, you cannot participate in public life. You cannot go outside. She is beyond, beyond insane. <laughs> now, here she is on NPR. Now, let's watch what she says now. It's completely different and completely the opposite of what she's been saying. Uh, if we can run that first clip, just play the whole clip, that first one, the uh, video clip. Here's yeah, Dr. Lena Wen. And those who are vaccinated, we now know based on the CDC, they are now able, we, but with the Delta variant, because they carry so much more virus, they could transmit it to their unvaccinated family members. And so I, for example, even though I'm fully vaccinated, my children are not because they're too young to be vaccinated. So I need to be now careful for my children because of all the unvaccinated people around us. And the so what she's actually saying is that you're more dangerous if you're vaccinated, unless I'm, my hearing is gone, 
but she said the vaxxed carry so much more virus, the assumption being than the non-vax. So she's saying that if you're vaccinated, you're actually more dangerous to people. That wasn't supposed to happen, was it? It's not supposed to happen, but it has. It's going to get worse before it gets better. But believe me, there are more people waking up to this nonsense. They are so extreme, you know, and, and so over the top. And besides, I think you had one chart up today already where, where, where the infectious disease rate way down to zero and they're still, yeah. still worrying about that. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. I would think it's going to take uh, years for the history to be written accurately. Yeah. You know, the political history, the social history, the medical history, the emotional history of all of this stuff because it's, uh, it's been so politicized. But uh, maybe that one doctor that stood by his guns there that we talked about, yeah. uh, maybe somebody like that will document this so somebody can read about the stupidity of all this stuff. Now imagine if you're good little citizen X and you want to do everything they say. You can't even do it because they say something completely the opposite the, the next day. This lunatic Dr. Wynn, she was attacking at first the non-vax. Now she's saying the vax are more dangerous. Even if you want to play by the rules, the rules are totally gone. But speaking of where the rules are gone, I'm going to do uh, three quick clips from Australia, which is an absolute madhouse. This makes North Korea look like Switzerland. There's no question about it. I didn't bring up the, the, the one clip, but I'll describe it where police officers were shooting protesters in the back as they ran away. Yeah, they were using rubber bullets for now, but the pro protesters were running and leaving the scene. The police were following them and shooting them in the back. It's like, you know, Kent State times 100. Uh, or it will be soon, but let's look at a few of these clips. First 20 seconds of this, of this next one. The police are waiting outside of the guy's apartment. Get him, he's leaving his house. It's insanity. You're leaving his house. Let's look at the next one real quick. I think the first 20 seconds of this one, too. Um, this is just a sample of how insane. Uh, a good, oh, now this is good. Now this is from Being Libertarian on Twitter. A good reminder that their power is an illusion. That's a good one. And the next one, uh, this is the, my last one, Dr. Paul, and I'll hand it back to you for closing. But here's one more quick uh, clip from Australia. Oh, no, no, this is, a, this is even better. I'm sorry. This is unbelievable. This is the Prince Harry, whatever they are, you know. Uh, but if we can full screen this, the thing that's so funny about this, this is Justin Hart tweeting, rules are for thee, not for me. Here they are all gathered right next to each other for a photo op. They don't realize that the camera's running uh, until... A few seconds. Watch what happens. Thank you, everyone. Just that center shot, if you don't mind. That's great. That's great. That's perfect. Right there, please. Thanks, folks. Let's reset downstairs. Thank you. We're going to reset elevators are this way. Thanks so much, everyone. We don't have any shots, so we need to shot at the center. Oh, the cameras are on. We got to put our masks on. That.
in a nutshell, tells you everything you need to know. The elites are playing everyone else. They're playing and they're probably laughing about it. Yes, and you know, uh, we've often said, and this makes the same point, is one of the uh, things that motivates m most of our viewers, and, and probably one of the best things, is hypocrisy. Yeah. It, it, this is pure hypocrisy. You know, saying one thing and lying and writing laws, and that's uh, not, for, not for them. But that's what socialism is all about. They, they, they don't become socialists and authoritarians and run government. I mean, Nancy Pelosi doesn't suffer because she believes in a, a socialistic system. I mean, she does quite well. Mm. And even the Marxists, the so-called named Marxists that are in our Congress now. They're doing, they live in million dollar houses. It's, it's very lucrative for them. So it is pure hypocrisy that they go through. And the people should wake up uh, to this because this will motivate people uh, to look for, for a change. And uh, the one thing that uh, I, I know is hard to find bits and pieces of optimism, but the system that we have is not going to last. It's sort of like, Ron, you worry too much about this monetary system. When are you going to end it? When are you going to close them down? They'll close themselves down when time comes and uh, because it won't function. It's not going to function. It's dangerous because a lot of problems can happen when the economic system gets closed down and the medical system gets closed down. But it should uh, offer an opportunity for people to offer, you know, the correction to it. Those ideas are well known. They've been working on the ideas of personal liberties and responsibility, not for a hundred years, thousands of years. And uh, they've been, they are universally known and understood principles uh, that have been known. And it's always a contest between them and those who say, no, uh, there's, there's nothing to all that nonsense of telling the truth and obeying the law. So there, that's what's going on. And I think right now, though, uh, we have to, the, the only effort we can participate in is seeking more supporters, explaining what personal liberty is all about, and, uh, and refuting the statement that annoys me to no end, that you have to trade liberty for safety, and you have to do it for security, and to have a safe company, country. You have to sacrifice something. It just doesn't come. And I think that's wrong. I think I don't, it doesn't work. You sacrifice a little bit, you lose it all eventually, and that's what we're on the verge of doing. But I think we can turn it around and people will say, you know, maybe maybe there, there are examples now still in the country. We're showing how people, uh, you know, get rid of these regulations and things improve and things are never as bad as they said. But uh, there's a lot of work to do and that's why I think all of us have a responsibility. If we come to this conclusion that these uh, there are some benefits by promoting a free society and uh, that it's going to be worthwhile. And that's why we have the, the uh, Institute for Peace and Prosperity, because I sincerely believe, as does Daniel, that peace and prosperity is a goal you have to have. You don't have to go along, go around believing that tomorrow we are just, uh, you know, the geniuses that can turn a switch on and have it. But we do understand that you have to have a goal and you have to promote it and you have to get people understanding that until there's supporters. That's why, you know, it might have been 10 people willing to go and confront a school board a year ago. And now what do we see today? 
in some of in some of the most authoritarian countries are getting out and there's thousands of them showing up so uh no it, it's it's working there's leaders there's philosophy and then you have to round up the support and people have to say enough is enough we want our freedoms back I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the liberty report please come back soon